This is Front Page. We here at Front Page, we do our best to dig out the truth and bring it to you. Hello, all you freedom-loving people. Welcome to Front Page Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Cameron Goulet. Harvard is being investigated for anti-Semitism, along with a growing list of federal civil rights investigations into similar discrimination complaints at other schools and colleges across the nation. Support for President Trump is also rising, however. Even Chris Cuomo is open to voting for President Trump because the data doesn't lie. Mark Fisher, the leader of BLM Rhode Island, who recently endorsed President Trump, was surprised by a phone call from President Trump thanking Fisher for his support. Tucker Carlson recently told Roseanne Barr that he usually doesn't take sides. But with the weaponized judicial system attempting to stop the favored opponent in an upcoming election, Tucker won't remain silent. The gag order on President Trump has even been reinstated. This is like what happens in a third world nation or a communist nation. Argentina knows this all too well. Argentina will be taking steps away from communism and embracing the U.S. dollar. Okay, let's get into it. The U.S. Education Department's Office for Civil Rights has opened an investigation into anti-Semitism allegations at Harvard University. After the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel, the Ivy League institution has been in the headlines in recent weeks. This is because of pro-terror anti-Israel displays among students on campus. Harvard is the latest in a growing list of federal civil rights investigations into similar discrimination complaints at schools such as Columbia, Cornell, the University of Pennsylvania, the University of Tampa, and the Cooper Union. Several school districts are also included, such as New York City Public Schools, Clark County School District in Las Vegas, and Hillborough County Schools in Tampa. The complaint against Harvard, which was filed this week, addressed discrimination based on shared ancestry or ethnic characteristics. The Office for Civil Rights said that its probe into the school and school districts is part of a broader effort to take aggressive action to address the alarming nationwide rise in reports of anti-Semitism, anti-Muslim, anti-Arab, and other forms of discrimination and harassment on college campuses and in kindergarten to grade 12 schools since the October 7th Israel-Hamas conflict. While it remains unclear who filed the official complaint, a university could lose federal funding for civil rights violations in a federal investigation like this. On Thursday, an appeals court in New York reinstated Judge Engeren's gag order on President Trump. The court rejected President Trump's request to avoid restrictions on his right to speak freely about the issues in his civil fraud trial. The ruling was issued by a four-judge panel of the Supreme Court of New York called the Appellate Division. Judge Engren initially imposed the order in early October after President Trump accused the judge's top clerk of political bias in a post on social media. An appeals court judge temporarily paused the gag order on November 16th. Now, however, the new panel has overturned the temporary suspension of the gag order. The newly enacted gag order prohibits President Trump from making public statements about the judge's staff. Former CNN host Chris Cuomo said that he would be open to voting for President Trump over President Biden in the 2024 election. Previously, Cuomo frequently criticized President Trump when he was working for CNN, 
However, in a recent interview, he said that the United States would survive another Trump administration. Cuomo noted by saying, we survived a Trump administration. Would we survive another? Yes. And for people who are now going to attack me and say, what are you talking about? Trump is like this crazy man. Well, look, you know, as Patrick says, the data is the data. Nobody was trying to kill us when Trump was president in a way that they are now. When he was asked, so you're open to a Trump vote? Cuomo responded, I'm always open. And I'll tell you this, people say you've never voted for a Republican in your life. Wrong. Currently, Cuomo works for News Nation after CNN suspended him indefinitely at the end of 2021. This was over allegations that he helped defend his brother, who was then New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, over sexual harassment claims. After leaving CNN, Cuomo filed an arbitration claim seeking $125 million from CNN, claiming the firing was unlawful. Cuomo's lawyer, Brian Friedman, said earlier this month, it should be obvious by now that Chris Cuomo did not lie to CNN about helping his brother. In fact, as the limited information released from Warner Media's investigation makes clear, CNN's highest level executives not only knew about Chris's involvement in helping his brother, but also actively assisted the governor both through Chris and directly themselves. Mark Fisher, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter Rhode Island, who recently endorsed President Trump, has now said something even more shocking. In an interview with the Epoch Times, Fisher said he received a phone call from a number that he didn't recognize. He was surprised when he heard the caller announce, this is Donald Trump. On November 28th, President Trump thanked Fisher for his support with a brief phone call. So after a moment of disbelief, Fisher recognized President Trump's voice saying, Mark, you're the biggest story on the planet. President Trump also asked whether Fisher had received backlash because of his endorsement. Fisher said, I told him that I create my own narrative, so that doesn't bother me. Fisher also stressed that even though his talk with President Trump lasted only about four minutes, President Trump's quality was evident throughout the conversation. Fisher noted, I told him how humbled I was that he called, that he took time out of his schedule. Fisher said that the phone call ended with both of them saying that they were looking forward to meeting someday. President Trump invited Fisher to get together for dinner if Fisher happened to be in Florida. President Trump also mentioned the call in a post on True Social stating, spoke with Mark Fisher yesterday, a great guy. Very honored to have his and BLM support. I have done more for black people than any other president, even Lincoln, including 10-year funding for historically black colleges and universities where they had none, opportunity zones, criminal justice reform, and much more. Thank you to Mark. President Trump's True Social Post also included an interview with Fisher on Fox News. In the interview, when Fisher was asked about the reason for all the recent political shifts, Fisher linked it to the Democrats' duplicity. I think personally it's the duplicity of the Democrats. Mm. The hypocrisy. Um, we're not stupid. The brothers are not stupid. We, we understand when someone's for us and when someone is not. And it's obvious that the Democratic Party is not for us. Yeah, I, I their, party, their, their, their policies actually strike at the heart of the black family and the nuclear family. 
Further, Fisher explained why he has chosen to support President Trump over Joe Biden. Well, I just, I just think that it's going to take information. A lot of people are misinformed. They don't really understand because they don't educate themselves on, on Donald Trump as a person and his history. Um, but if they do that, and it's going to take, you know, leaders, educated leaders, getting the word out there. Um, I think that it, it'll happen on its own and it'll be organic because um, personally, I love the man. I mean, how could you not like if, if a real man? How could you not relate to someone like that? Tucker Carlson also expressed his support for President Trump on Thursday in an interview with Roseanne Barr. Tucker said that he is voting for President Trump in the 2024 election. I certainly support Trump, I'll tell you that. And I can tell you, I mean, I've always agreed with Trump's policies, always. And I lost friends over it. Tucker also explained how he moved from not being an active supporter of anybody to an active supporter of President Trump. And I've never really actively supported anybody because it's not my job to actively support people. I watch, you know, I like to watch. Um, But I'm a voyeur. (laughs) Yeah. But I became an active Trump supporter when they raided Mar-a-Lago last summer, the summer of 2022. That, that, that's, that can't stand. Tucker also explained why he would still be a Trump supporter, even if he disagrees with President Trump on a lot of issues. Agree with Trump on a lot. But even if I disagreed with Trump on a lot, I'd still be a Trump supporter because you cannot allow that. You cannot allow the, you know, the regime, the president of the United States to use the Justice Department to knock the front runner out of the race. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. So it's bigger than Trump. It's bigger than Biden. It's a question of, you know, do you want to live in a free country with a functioning justice system? Tucker even stated that if President Trump gets convicted, he would send President Trump the maximum donations and he would lead protests. And so I'm voting for Trump. And if they convict him, I will send him the max donations and I will lead protests. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Because, and by the way, if I thought that he had committed some real crime, I wouldn't feel that way, but he didn't. He and Biden are both found with classified documents at home, along with every other former high-level federal official in history, but only Trump is indicted? Like, tell me how that works. Oh, shut up. Argentina's incoming foreign minister, Diana Mondino, said in a post on social media on Thursday that the country would not join BRICS. The move seems to signal a major shift in Argentina's foreign policy with the taking of power by Javier Millet. Millet was a vocal critic of the Chinese Communist Party during his campaign, and he expressed sympathy for the lack of freedom of the Chinese people. He described developing a relationship with the Chinese regime as being like making a deal with an assassin. Mondino has also downplayed the importance of BRICS. In an interview two weeks ago, she said that the BRICS grouping has more to do with political alliances than with the possible advantages of international trade. Argentina was one of the six countries who were invited to join the BRICS group of countries in August. Argentina was originally scheduled to join on January 1st, 2024. The group was formed in 2009 by Brazil, Russia, India, and China. Then South Africa was added in 2010. This also marks a sharp rightward shift away from socialism in Argentina. Argentina used to be one of the world's top 10 economies during World War I and World War II. It was as rich as the Spanish word for Argentina, the country of silver. However, 
After World War II, Argentina chose socialism, and since then, the silver has lost its splendor. Nowadays, when we talk about Argentina, the first thing that comes to the minds of soccer fans is Lionel Messi, whereas what comes to the mind of economists is inflation. Inflation is the norm in Argentina, with the current rate of inflation approaching the unthinkable mark of 150%. Simon Kuznets, the winner of the 1971 Nobel Prize in Economics, has distinguished himself by dividing the world's countries into four distinct economic categories, the developed countries, the developing countries, and Japan and Argentina. While the first two have become common knowledge, the latter two are a textbook example of how two political systems can lead to two different outcomes in economic development. After World War II, Japan, which lacked resources and energy, embraced the democratic constitutionalism that was advocated by the United States based on the values of human rights and freedom. Japan rose rapidly from the ashes to rank among the top developed countries, becoming a miracle of economic growth. While Argentina, which was blessed with a wide range of economic resources, performed another kind of miracle, falling rapidly from being a rich top 10 economy to poverty. It started with the Perón Doctrine, the state-led planned economy introduced by Juan Perón in 1946 when he ascended to the throne of power in Argentina. The doctrine was later coined the Perón Doctrine. He called the export of agricultural products with the participation of foreign capital an inhuman economy for private gain, and he wanted to break away from this kind of economy. The state then took the lead in distributing wealth equally among the 14 million Argentinians, and they successively nationalized the foreign-owned economic infrastructure and the basic industries. Soon after, economic policies that disregarded operational efficiency led to stagnant growth, widening government deficits, depleted foreign exchange reserves, and a plummeting of the Argentine currency, the peso. In 1955, Perón was forced out of power in a military coup and he went into exile in Spain. In the following decades, Argentina swung between Perónism and anti-Perónism, altering between regimes. The newly elected Malay studied and practiced economic liberalism and physical conservatism. He favors a small government system. He criticized communism and socialism as systems that create poverty. He advocates that the government should be concerned only with justice and security. He even believes that the state was a criminal organization that financed the state by taxing people by force. Malay is returning the money that was stolen by the political class. Now, Argentina is once again making a historic U-turn by abandoning socialism and returning to a traditional market economy. This is a move that has attracted the attention of the world and especially the attention of the many countries in South America that share Argentina's experience. Okay, this is our podcast for today. Thank you again for listening to Front Page Podcast. For more exclusive in-depth content, please go to frontpageshow.com.